This is Family Court Vision. The podcast where a man and his mom discuss all things basketball. On today's episode, we have some mailbags from our fans. We have um, 3x3 results, or um, as I like to call it, Quidditch. <laughs> and NBA News. LeBron, if you're listening, please call Jack to advise you on which players to recruit to your team. He knows a lot. Olympic coverage. We have 3x3 and we have 5 on 5. Why is it not 5x5? I don't know. Our movie. What was our movie called? Um, The Other, the other dream, dream Team. <laughs> the Other Dream Team. Can someone send Jack a tie-dyed Lithuania shirt, please? And for our game, you get to find out some more weird family traditions. <laughs> we always share just a little bit too much. <laughs> um. Aaron, I'm sorry. This is going to be a hell of an episode to try to edit together. Uh, so I'm sorry, Aaron. Uh, but to everybody else, let's boogie. Welcome to episode 31 of Family Court Vision. It's 10 a.m. on Friday, July 30th. Morning pod morning pod i did have coffee this morning to make sure i could be somewhat focused although we're kind of seeing in the pre-recording that i'm not that focused well hopefully um, it picks up yeah yeah that's okay we um we decided to record later in the week this week because um we have the olympics going on and the draft going on and we knew that giving it some more time this week we'd have more to talk about um, and you, of course, are deep in the throngs of rehearsals for your show, That's which right. opens tomorrow. Um, That's right. It's tech week. Actually, I'm done with rehearsals now. Done with rehearsals. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so we couldn't do any, any night pods this week. So we're doing a Friday morning pod. I'm off of work. So uh, here we are. Anything new with you this week? Well, we, uh, Maddie and I drove to Philly because he had to move from one apartment to the other one. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing about the apartments around Temple University with the landlords is they end their lease on July 31st and new leases don't start until August 5th. That's dumb. Yeah. So when he decided to move to a new apartment, we were like, so we have to get a storage space for like five days. But the new landlord was very nice and said that all of the boys could put all of their things in one bedroom. And just leave them there. They can't move in yet. They can move their stuff in. Just leave it there. So we did that when we... And it's literally a half a block away from the other apartment. So I got there and one of his roommate's dads rented a U-Haul. And we were like, that's so silly, renting a U-Haul. Meanwhile, uh, we loaded our stuff into the U-Haul to move it because (laughs) there was a lot of stuff and it was heavy. So that was a... That was a... I got all of my rings closed on my watch that day. So were they like, do they have like beds and couches and all that stuff in one bedroom? Well, they were able to put some stuff in the basement as well. So like the couches, the kitchen table, the last thing that they, that we moved, I didn't, you know, I helped with what I could carry. I'm, you know, I'm five feet tall and. I'm in my fifties, so I have limitations, but, um, the last thing they moved was they, what the, the unit that they keep their TV on 
is long. It's like the length of a, a half wall. And it's that heavy particle board stuff. And then it has a heavy glass piece that goes on top of it. It's so heavy. And it was the last piece they were moving. And, and there were two dads there, one other mom, and then three boys. And um, they were j- just exhausted from moving everything. So we, there's still one person living in the apartment from this past year. So we appealed to him to please let us just leave that one piece in the living room and not have to carry it on stairs because then it would have to be carried on stairs again to put it back in the living room. Uh So, so he was very kind and allowed us to just leave. We just pushed it against a wall, left it there. So, um, so yeah, the, the bigger stuff is in the basement and then everything else they own, all the beds and everything are all upstairs. Wow. Third floor, all up in the third floor. Yeah. Sounds like that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I got my exercise in that day. Um, Good. Well, I'm glad you guys got that figured out. If you really think about it, like the college schedule makes it so that you're moving in and out and at the hottest times of Mm -hmm. the year. Mm -hmm. I guess not out necessarily because if you're moving out in like May, but the move in 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 July and August, that is that's rough. But, you know, the one, the one dad, he's just such a positive, sweet guy. And he said, listen, it could always be worse. And he's right. Like, you could have been in the middle of snow or something. That would be, you know, occasionally as you're carrying a mattress, it might, like, slip out of your hands and kind of hit the ground a little. But, like, as long as it's there's not a big slushy puddle there, like, all right. So you pick it up and you move on. So. That's, that's true. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. We do have anything new with you. Um. Yeah, so this week, um, Lauren, who I live with, uh, is away on vacation with her family. Um, so I was home alone for the first time that I have, it, the longest period of time that I've ever lived in one place by myself, literally wow. not seen anybody else. I mean, besides wow. like, besides food delivery people. Um, <laughs> so you did not do a lot of cooking on your own? Uh, no, not a, t- not a ton of cooking. I know that's shocking. Um <laughs> But one thing I also did do, I decided that with this time, you know, I I spend all my nights hanging out with Lauren and watching movies and TV shows and doing stuff. And so I didn't have anything to do this week, especially because there's uh, much less basketball on this week than there has been for the last six months. Um, So I decided that I had never seen any Star Wars movies in the full. I've seen bits and pieces. Bits and pieces here and there. So I watched all nine of the main Star Wars wow. movies this week. And what order did you watch them in? I watched them in the order they came out because that is the way that you're supposed to watch movies. And I will, I agree. I will die on that hill. <laughs> I agree with you. At least on, I don't know if I agree with you like globally, but on this franchise, I agree. Have with you, how many have you seen? I'm going to guess I've seen a big portion of one of them. Okay. I it's, probably didn't pay attention the whole time, but the first one I've seen, a, I probably saw the whole thing when I was younger, but you know, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you much about it. And I may have seen, wait, what's the second one chronologically? Chronologically? Like from when they came out. Oh, that's Empire Strikes Back is the yeah, second so one. Yeah, so I've, I've definitely seen at least parts of that one too. So, okay. and what are there, nine? There are nine total with the new series that started, the new trilogy that started in 2015. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I have to say I liked them a lot more than I thought that I would. Mm-hmm. Um, 
There was a lot of humor, I know, in the early ones, at least. Yeah. The the dialogue in the the first six, the the main the original trilogy and the prequels, is pretty awful, like terrible <laughs> dialogue writing. Mm-hmm. But I'm also I'm I love big sweeping stories with lots of lore and lots of things like that. And so like when I was first watching them, I was like, okay, this is a late 1970s sci-fi movie. Like this is really terrible. This is really, really bad. But as you watch more and more and more and more and more, it's like the, these characters have been building so much and there's been so much build up to these final battle scenes and everything. So I, I really love um, that kind of stuff. And I know this is not a spoiler alert for anybody. It definitely wasn't for me before I had seen the series, you know, Darth Vader, Luke's father, everybody knows that. The The reason why you watch them in the order that they came out is because if you watch them chronologically, then, oh, there's this, then you're watching the prequels first because they happen first, then, oh, there's this Anakin Skywalker guy and he's having two babies named Luke and Leia. Hmm, this is, I wonder how this is going to go. Oh, he was just named Darth Vader? Hmm. <laughs> And then when you get to Empire Strikes Back, I am your father. You're like, yeah, I knew that three movies ago. So like, I know everybody know everybody watching now would know that. But the uh-huh. purpose of watching a prequel is to be like, oh, that's how that came to be. That's how this happened. That's really cool. Not so that you know the story from the beginning. That's not the point of a prequel. Good point. Good point. So, Good point. So are you are you all ready and psyched now? Because you you know this shouldn't be a surprise to any of our faithful listeners that you tend to become obsessed with topics and with with things that you experience in life so um you tend to immerse yourself in them so are we going to see a um a star you are we going to see you dming a star wars uh D campaign sometime soon maybe um i did <laughs> download three separate star wars video games um <laughs> And it is good that you are a consistent person. I'm though. very predictable. Yes, you are. I'm gonna since, since you are itty bitty, you have when you you there's a topic that you like, you love it. Yeah. Um, I mostly watch it because I know someday in my life I will get to go back to Disney World and they just opened the whole Star Wars land. Mm-hmm. Um and so when I go back, I want to be able to go and know what all the stuff is and, yeah. and be able to recognize it and spend a ton of money on my own custom lightsaber and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So it's you know what else it's good for? Because so we have some friends who they are not um, athletes and some adult <laughs> friends of ours who have kids. They're not athletes and they're not sports fans at all. Uh-huh. But they would make their kids watch the Super Bowl. Because they knew the next day in school, everyone was going to be talking about the Super Bowl. So their kids would have something to talk about. So at the very least, having all of this information in your head, because there are people who, there are a great deal of people who love and know everything about this franchise. Yeah. So, you know, this is good for you to have knowledge so you can have conversations and, and be involved in those kind of conversations. It's like I know how I knew how well ingrained it was in our society before watching them. Like, obviously, you know, I, I knew a lot of what was going to happen just from growing up in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, but even since the past couple of days 
I've seen a couple of like things on TikTok and memes and stuff mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, that's a Star Wars thing. I, I never knew what that was before, but that's like, mm-hmm. like there's a meme of like, um, it's like a, uh, a young guy and a woman, Natalie Portman, and it's like going back and yes. forth and he says something yes. like that's a, that's a prequel Star Wars meme. Yeah. I never like, yeah. I, I didn't know that. So, um, Hayden, Hayden Christensen, Christensen, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not, I didn't ever see that movie, so I don't know what that scene is, but I did recognize that that is from that franchise. Yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, the, the, the first three are considered, you know, some of the most important movies that have ever been made. They're, mm-hmm. they're bad movies, but they are important for movie making and that genre. Mm-hmm. And so um, mm-hmm. I'm glad I have all of that knowledge now that I can move forward in my That's life. That's great. Um, yeah. And a quick happy birthday to Walt Hopkins. Yes, today is Walt's birthday. Um Okay, and, sorry. and also a quick happy birthday to um, one of our listeners, Jordan B. of New York. That is right. It was this week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, See, I, I have a couple of mailbags. A couple? Yeah, I do. Okay. So um, Andy L. from New York uh-huh. shared, a story, shared a story with us that former President Obama has been, uh, is, has joined NBA Africa um, as a strategic consultant that he's going to be focused on. Oh, he's a strategic partner. He's going to be focused on programs to support gender equality and economic inclusion. So some other NBA names who are involved in NBA Africa are uh, Grant Hill, Dikembe Mutombo, and Joachim Noah. Is it is the J pronounced in, that, in his name, Joachim Noah? I believe, yeah. it, I believe it is. I've heard it both yeah. ways, but I believe yeah. it is pronounced, yes. Yeah, so there are other NBA people in it as well, but those are three names that I recognize. So NBA Africa is kind of an ambassadorship of of the NBA across the continent of Africa, and former President Obama has joined that, so that's kind of a cool thing. That is cool, yeah. And then our other mailbag, we're going to talk a little bit more about this in a few minutes, but um, uh, faithful listener uh, Lisa L. of New York um, told me that Oh, geez. Now I need to know the name. I think it's Stephanie Dolson, um, who was in the 3X3, which that's how they say it, 3X3. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, 3, 3X3 is how it's said. Um, so Stephanie Dolson from 3X3 graduated from her high school, from Lisa L's High School, Minnesink High School um, in upstate New York. Wow. So Very cool. So that was, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like we have a connection with her. Yeah. That's that's great, right? Through uh, right. strictly through our listener, no. That's right. No familial connections or anything, but no, no, um, just through listener. Um, but uh, cool. Not mailbag questions, but mailbag like fun facts. So yeah, so thanks, our listeners, listeners. Are, are supporting us with uh, some information. Yeah, giving us some content. Um, okay. Anything else before we get into the meat and potatoes? I mean, just that people can um, email us if they or DM us on on socials if they have information they want to share with us or they have any questions. Family Court Vision at Fam Court Vision at Gmail or Family Court Vision. Oh I my th- God, I don't remember our email address. I think it's the Wait. full it's the full thing spelled out. <laughs> family Court so Vision. So email Family Court Vision at Gmail and then our socials are Fam Court Vision. Yes. On Twitter and Insta. Uh, Let's get into our first segment of the day, which is basketball news of the week. And the most important part, which is the Olympics. 
That's right. Olympics are ongoing. They are, but USA Basketball has already won gold. Uh-huh. In the 3x3. 3x3, yep. 3x3. They they beat Russia in the final. It was a pretty tight game tour. I mean, they're only 10-minute long games, which is kind of fun. Like, you know, it's like a little, it's like a vine. <laughs> right? G- good try. <laughs> good try is what I'll say. It's like a it's like a little snippet of a game. Might, it might be the um, title of this episode. It's like a good vine, <laughs> but okay. Um. So. Uh, so it's only a ten minute game or twenty one points. Uh huh. So if the team, it's kind of like Quidditch. If a team gets to a certain a certain point, it's like a Quidditch vine. A Quidditch vine. That's it's even better. Vi- <laughs> okay. Uh, if, a t- if a team gets to twenty one points first, they win. Or if it goes ten minutes, whoever is the winner. And Russia was held to one point for quite a while, but then they they caught up. And you know what? They have twins on their team, the Russian team, the ROC. It's not Russia because Russia doesn't have a team. So it's the ROC, which is Russia. Right. It's a good punishment for them. Right. That they're not allowed to participate. Here they are. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess it comes down to so Russia can't say, oh, we won gold. Right. But, you know, I feel like Russia's going to say whatever they want to say. Yeah. So. I don't think I don't, pu- I don't think Putin's going to be like, OK, you're right. These aren't ours. <laughs> right. I mean, they they got here because they they weren't doing the right thing. Yeah. So I'm not sure why we think they will do the right thing after this. But anyway, um, uh, USA beat the ROC and and they have twins. So when they were huddled up in their little four person thing before the game, I was, you know. I watched oh, I. I I recorded this and I watched this after I watched our movie for this week, which we'll get into in a little while. Mm-hmm. But that um, movie has a um, Soviet um, theme to it. And what I noticed is there are a lot of blue eyed, blonde haired people in that area of the world. So it was no surprise to me that there were multiple, a couple of blue eyed, blonde haired people on this ROC team. But then I was like, wait a minute, those two people look exactly alike and they're twins. It's it's not crazy. I am married to a twin. He's not identical, but I understand the concept of twins, but you don't often see identical twins on a like professional or whatever high profile sports team at the same time, especially there are only four people on the team and half of them are twins. That's yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, I watched this game a lot. I think it was on at like 845 in the morning. So I just had it on while I was working. Um, But yeah, what'd you think? I thought it was fun and exciting. And you know what I was thinking that I feel like maybe in the future for the WNBA's all-star break, maybe they should have a three X three. I don't know a tournament even like get a bunch of people involved who maybe aren't in the all-star team, Uh huh. you know, like yeah. get more people involved. And then because some things the WNBA does is to try and, I mean, yes, they want to get, excitement publicity and everything but to try and get more money for the players since they're limited by the you know the the contract the you know that they've worked out as far as what people can earn so like the commissioner's cup they get to earn more money if they're involved in the commissioner's cup so this might be a way to even get more money to some of the players and you know if they involve some of the players who aren't necessarily on the all-star team this could be 
you know, another, another fun event. So that's my suggestion um, to the WNBA. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, obviously history making, it's the first ever gold medal in this sport and it belongs to the U S mm-hmm. um, uh, and they were not, so they didn't, uh, do a lot of the qualifying events or the pre preliminary events, like before the Olympics, because they you know, we're busy and there's COVID and there's no traveling. And so they weren't really based on everybody, all the team's records, because the other teams did a lot of qualifying and things, you know, they weren't really, they didn't have a good record coming into it Uh because they didn't do a lot of those events. So other teams had better records because they did those events. Um, But they, they did it. Yeah, they did. It was a, it was a lot of fun. I really liked, um, the setup of it. And like you said, I think it could be used in WNBA and the NBA of like a fun extra thing. I mean, we saw, I think that day, I think both bronze medals games in the men's and women's and both gold medal games in the men's and women's were played in like an hour and a half time span. So like you can get, you know, four good games in a quick amount Mm -hmm. of time, which is, Mm -hmm. I I think a lot of people would, would tune into that and, Mm -hmm. and buy tickets to that. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a lot of fun as a reminder, uh, the USA men don't even have a three X three basketball team and the women just won gold. So, um, I, did they, I, did they have one and it didn't qualify? I don't, I don't like it. It seemed like uh, I'm sure had they had one that they would have qualified. So, I mean, maybe because like when, I don't know when all the qualifying events were mm-hmm. for this. So maybe because it was right at the end of the NBA mm-hmm. season that there mm-hmm. weren't like players couldn't leave their teams and go participate, mm-hmm. but it still feels like, like you couldn't get some, some college players that, mm-hmm. that just, you know, that are about to get drafted, but their season ended in January. Um, or I guess April, I don't know, whatever. Um, but, you know, again, the men don't have one and the women just won gold. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. And the uh, the women uh, just won overnight last night. Um, they the, five, the five on five women. Five on, yeah. We don't call it 5x5. I, th- <laughs> I thought it was three on three, but I guess, it, uh, I guess it it's 3x3. It seems like three. it should be, but they were all, all on, the, on TV. They were calling it 3x3. Okay, cool. Maybe that's like... Oh, we're trendy. Let's call it three X three. It's like a new like <laughs> lingo, especially yeah. using the word lingo. Shows, lingo, yeah, new shows lingo. Shows you how current I am. Nice. I was mom. just gonna say. I was gonna say shows you how hip I am because that will even push it farther. <laughs> okay. Anyway, overnight at the five five on five, uh, women beat Japan. Right? They beat Japan. Yes. I haven't watched the game yet. I have it on the DVR, but I haven't watched it because. They're on at like early. one in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Too early. Um, so they're in, this is still the, the preliminary events, like when they're in pools. Uh-huh. So they're, and I don't, I don't, oh, you know what? I wrote down the whole schedule. It's so confusing. Um, but they're still doing prelims through the women are still doing prelims through August 2nd. And on August 3rd, they begin the semifinals. Okay. Men begin the semifinals on August 2nd. So women is the on the third, men is on the second. And the women, they won their first game too, which was against Nigeria. Yes. So they're two and oh right now. Yeah, Nigeria did a good job though. They the Nigeria didn't really have the offense they needed. 
to get the points to win the game, but their defense was very strong. Mm-hmm. They gave them a run for their money. Good, and that's that's even without um, uh, Nyeka and Nyeka. Uh, Elizabeth Williams. Right. So, um, so yeah. Um, okay, what else Olympics? So I wanted to say a couple of things about Sue Bird. First of all, she was the one of the flag bearers mm-hmm. um, with um, Eddie, I can't remember his last name. Base, baseball player, I can't remember right, his last that's name. Right. Yeah. yeah, Dad told me a really cool story about him that I think he was a skateboarder. And then he, his parents were like, you can't skateboard because that's not real. You have to play baseball. So they forced him to play baseball. And then he went to the Olympics for skateboarding, I think. And then he decided, all right, let me try baseball now that I'm back. And then he like played real like professional baseball. And, and now he's back at the Olympics. So, mm-hmm. um, so he and Sue Bird were flag bearers, which very cool. Um, Sue Bird was talking, I think just yesterday that, so, um, you know, there's controversy. Some people are not comfortable with athletes making a, um, making a point of not, um, standing for the national anthem. Um, often in the WNBA, the athletes leave the court while it's being played and then they come back afterwards. Um, there are rules in the Olympics that on the medal stand, you are not supposed to be making any kind of statements like that, but there aren't specific rules about before games. But uh, Sue was quoted as saying something about they are going to, you know, remain for the national anthem anthem here. And it's, and it, everybody knows where they stand on the issues that make them not stand when they're here, but they're also in a, tournament where they're representing the united states so in that sense they are they are going to remain Mm -hmm. so um i thought that was well spoken and a good um indication of her leadership and this was the other thing i wanted to say about sue bird is there's a lot of chatter online of people saying that sue bird and diana tarazi are too old and they should have sat this one out there you know especially because diana has been injured but the two of them are lumped together as the old ladies who really need to sit it out and give the young girls a a chance to play and show themselves and their young girls sue bird is is a is an animal on that court. She is someone who she can drive that ball. Her teammates know she can. I was watching uh, the other day when I was watching the game, um, Brianna Stewart, like passed to her every single time. Brittany Griner passed to her every single time. She drives it down the court. She, they look to her for leadership. She is, she's a rock star. So people need to, I'm not, I'm not as familiar with Diana Tarazi's play, you know, here in the Olympics because she she's very she's got a lot of energy so when she's on the court she's like bouncing left right left right and she she gets the ball she does it she pops with it she does. but Sue Bird is a leader and people need to recognize that yeah she she absolutely deserves to be there and is doing a lot of hard work while she's there yeah yeah she's incredible she, I mean she's one of the best point guards I've ever seen incredible passer incredible at like recognizing the time of game and what, like what needs to be done at a certain, you know, like, Oh, you know, Brianna Stewart's getting hot. Let me keep feeding her the ball. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, this player is getting frustrated on defense. Let me feed her the ball. Um, Mm -hmm. she just, she just understands the flow of the game. She understands what it takes to win. Um, she's a great leader. I'm sure that's why she was chosen as, as being a flag bearer. Syosset native. I know go long Island. I I think she went to high school in the city because 
you know, no offense, Syosset, you know, you get a lot of kids into Ivy Leagues, but you're not a basketball powerhouse. So, yes. Uh, um, but yeah, and the, you know, I, the team is receiving some some criticism for, you know, for for now choosing to stand. Um, but they, they would have gotten criticism no matter what they do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it would have been much harsher the other way anyway. Mm-hmm. If you look at Sue Bird's soon-to-be-wife, Megan Rapino, yeah. who has kneeled and, and uh, you know, shown various forms of protest during national anthems at Olympics or, like, World Cups where she is representing the U.S., um, she gets hated on for that and she gets criticism. So there's no way to win either way. So mm-hmm. That's um, right. Haters. Haters going to hate. Um, real quick. Except, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to move on to the next thing. Me too. I was going to move on to the next, next thing. You go first. Okay. Uh, just real quick. Um, Mike Peterson of the um, Atlanta Dream, who was technically their interim head coach after Nikki Collin left to take Kim Mulkey's job at Baylor, right? It's, do- it's Domino's. Or L- Kim Mulkey went to LSU. She went to LSU from Baylor. From Baylor. Nikki Collin went from the dream to Baylor. Well, she's probably getting paid a ton more money. Right. Assistant. Ridiculous. Assistant coach Mike Peterson stepped up as the interim head coach and was coaching them. And then he has unfortunately said that he's stepping away from the team um, due to some health um, complications. And the, you know, the the travel of the league is is too tough for him right now. Mm-hmm. Um uh, they did say he's going to like stay on, he stay with the team in sort of an advisory capacity, um, but he won't be traveling or coaching the team. Um, so obviously, you know, f- first and foremost, we wish him the best of luck and full recovery from whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, his assistant, Darius Taylor, will be stepping up, I believe, also as an interim head coach for the rest of the season. Um, so, yeah, just thought that we should put that out there. Um mm-hmm. I actually have three more WNBA topics, even though you think there's only one more. They'll be I'll be quick though. You always trick me. Okay, go ahead. Because I forget to put them, I forget to put them in the in the document. Okay, so one that is in the document is uh Candace Dupree. So Candace Dupree, Temple alumni, mm-hmm. um, was uh waved by the storm earlier in July, which, you know, that was sad. Candace is a great veteran. Uh-huh. Um, but was recently signed by the dream. So that is good and exciting. Haven't heard anything new about about Kennedy Carter in the dream. So, um, you know, we'll see where all of this plays out. But right. Candace was signed. My thought on this signing is she's an older player. She's been in the league since 2006. Um, and <clears throat> so she's she's a seven time all star. So she's she has been an elite player in this league. But I'm guessing that now she's older. She's not in her prime anymore. She doesn't put up quite the same numbers that she used to. But she, what she can provide is veteran leadership yes. and, you know, on a team role modeling. role modeling on a team that is sort of in turmoil right now to do mm-hmm. due to various reasons. So I think mm-hmm. bringing in a veteran leader who, you know, knows what it takes to be a great player, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think is a smart move for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. All right, one other piece that, um, these are two things that I'm like, I I have thoughts about or questions about. So one is that we've talked a lot about the Commissioner's Cup. We know that the sun, it's going to be the sun versus the storm. And the game is going to be on August 12th, which is after the Olympics, but before the season restarts on August 15th. 
Um, but the Olympics, so this is, I don't, you know, I don't want to jinx anything. So my fingers are crossed. I'm knocking wood to, to evil eye. Um, but the gold medal game is on August 7th in the event that the United States is in the gold medal game on August 7th. There are three storm players who are on the Olympic team who have been playing through the Olympics. God willing can play in the gold medal game. Then we'll have the commissioner's cup on the 12th and then have to go right back into the, into the season on August 15th. So it's, it's super Jewel Lloyd and Brianna Stewart who are all from the storm. So that was just like a thought that I have, like these ladies are not getting a break. Like I know they play basketball and they love it. And this is their passion, their love, their job. I get all of that, but all the other people have been able to like go to the beach, go to the spa, do their workouts, whatever. Yeah. So jet lag, everything because they're, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great thought. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, real quick on that note, I saw after the after the gold medal three x three game, Jackie Young, who is now a gold medalist, uh, I think was a last second replacement on this team. I don't I don't yes. remember who she was replacing, um, but yeah, she because, in, of COVID, because of COVID. Yeah, in the in the post game yeah. interview, they were asking her, and she was like, "I literally got the call. I was on vacation. I literally got the call to ask if I wanted to come do this last Tuesday." And now I'm here as an Olympic champion, as a, a right. gold medalist. Gold medalist, right. Um, right. So in like a, yeah. a week and a half span, just that crazy right. turnaround. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then my last thought for the WNBA, I just saw that um, this year's draft pick Kaiser Gondrasic, who was a was the fourth, fourth pick, fourth draft pick for the Fever, uh, was just signed. Uh, she's got a new deal with Wilson. Oh. a sponsorship deal with Wilson. And earlier this year, she signed a deal with Adidas. So what's interesting to me is she wasn't expected to go forth. That was a shock. So she's not someone who's ranked. Like, she's not someone who has been, th- has a reputation of being like a top five player. Mm-hmm. But she went forth. Um, I think, I think that part of the reason she went forth is also part of the reason she's got a sponsorship deal, but we'll get to that in a second. And she plays for the Fever not they're not really good this year the mm-hmm. fever yeah so how do we get a rookie who's not the greatest rookie who signs with a team and she's not with the greatest team and she's even um she's not even a top points leader for rookie or top minutes leader for rookie this year um how does she get these deals and i think the answer is that she is a she's a social media influencer mhm so on her Instagram, she's got 279,000 followers. Charlie Collier, who was number one draft pick, thought to be number one draft pick for a long time, um, has 42,000, which is nothing to sneeze at, 42,000 followers. But it's a fraction of the 279,000 followers that, that Kaiser has on, on Instagram. So, you know, she's a pitch woman and she knows how to pitch. And she's already got the following and that's why she's getting the sponsorships because they know they're going to, you know, reach a wider audience, regardless of the fact that she's not our top rookie on anywhere near a good team. Uh So, and, and, and this may be cynical and I'm not, she's obviously a good player, a good enough player to be drafted, but she was not expected to go forth. And, you know, I wonder if that had anything to do with her fourth pick for the fever as well is 
oh, she can bring us a lot of um, publicity. It's it's an interesting thing to watch going forward, especially as it seems like college players are going to start being able to monetize more on things. Um, and so we'll see, you know, that that I'm sure will become a bigger part of being a being a professional athlete is is actually is is building your brand. It's going to be, I think, uh, you know, as big a part as you're on court on field to play. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Anything else, WNBA? Nope. Nothing else to spring on you. Okay. Um, now into the NBA. We had the draft last night. We had a couple of trades this week, including one pretty major one last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Um, For the draft, did all the Jalens get? So I was in rehearsal all night last night, and I, I, there's, I didn't really catch up with what went on in the draft. So uh, did all the, all the various Jalens get picked up? Um, yes. Jalen Green went second to the Rockets. That was expected. Jalen Suggs yeah. went fifth to the Magic. He was expected to probably go fourth to the Raptors, but just one pick mm-hmm. later. So it wasn't that mm-hmm. big of a shock. Um, and then Jalen Johnson went 20th to the Hawks. I'm looking at this right now. It was, it's impossible on these draft nights to keep track of all of it because yeah. there are so many trades and I just need to say this the fact that we make these college players go up there and put on a hat and and hold up a jersey for a team that they will never play for and everybody in the world knows that they will never trade play for but mm-hmm. just because it ha- it's not official yet is the dumbest thing we need yeah. to change whatever that is we need to change the league calendar so that it is official or you know if you if you if if it's like an official trade, but it just can't go through until August 6th or whatever, like that counts because first of all, it makes it incredibly confusing for everybody watching at mm-hmm. home. I'm sure even more confusing for everybody at the Barkley Center who is not watching on TV and doesn't hear about, oh, this pick is actually going this this place. So mm-hmm. there, there were a bunch of Knicks fans there last night and the Knicks technically picked somebody at 19 and 21 and the Knicks were like the fans were like yeah that's our guy not knowing that 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 those picks were actually traded to wherever so um that that is something that needs to be fixed because it's these are input you know I mean these are moments that you know if if some of these players make the hall of fame or if they get like you know their jersey retired by their team or something these video montages are going to be showing these these important moments in their Mm -hmm. careers and they're going to be holding up the jersey of a team that they never it's it's just mm-hmm. um just a stupid so, thing. Yeah. So three three G League guys got picked. Yes. Uh Jalen Green was one of them. We did mention Jalen already, but yes. I, I don't I don't know the names of the others, but three of them at I think at positions 2, 7 and 31 is when they were picked. Yeah, I know Kaminga at 7 was to the Warriors and then what'd you say at 31? 31 I think was the other one. The Bucks um a reportedly traded to the wizards so i guess the wizards got isaiah todd okay um so yeah so that's that's my first rant on the draft um my second rant on the draft is i hated that well you probably didn't get a chance to watch because you were at rehearsal Mm -hmm. um but they you know they invite 20 guys to the green room that what the nba expects to be these guys will probably all be number one picks. You know, mm-hmm. the first 15 are like no-brainers. They're going to be number one picks. Then 
you know, the next five are like probably they'll be number one picks so that they're here to go up and put on the hat and shake the commissioner's hand and everything. Mm-hmm. Before all before all the picks happened, they did this whole announcing ceremony where the guys walked out with their parents and walked down this like runway thing, just announcing the top 20 guys in no order. I didn't like it. I know I'm going to sound like an old man screaming from my porch, but like I think there is something. What? No, I'm, no, I was oh. just clearing. I, I mean, you know. What? What do you have to say? I, I, I really was just clearing my throat, but you know, now that you paused for a breath, um, anyone who follows you personally on Twitter would not be surprised that you sound like an old man hollering from your porch right now. So yeah. just, I was just going to put that in there. I, I just again, like I. I'm a big fan of stories and moments and I think these things are important. And so like I was just saying, like that moment where your name gets called and you look to your family and you, you know, you kiss your wife or your kid or your girlfriend or your mom or your dad or whatever it is. um, And that being sort of the first moment of the world or at least the NBA community, like knowing you, you know, there's, there's some NBA fans who avidly watch college. I'm not one of those people. But, like, you know, I've heard these names for the past couple weeks on the various NBA media that I consume. But, like, seeing them say Cade Cunningham, number one, to the Pistons and seeing him holding his kid and having that moment with his parents and getting emotional and that being my introduction to him, I think is important for for NBA fans. And so having this whole moment beforehand of, like, oh, here they are. They're getting announced. They haven't been picked yet but they're here and they're going to sort of do this weird fashion show. It just, I think did, it, it ruins that beginning moment for me. And also like if I was, did they all get picked that I believe they did, but that was my okay. second thought is like, if I was one of those players, I'd be like, no way in hell am I going to go out and get embarrassed and walk mm-hmm. and strut down this thing and then not get picked. No mm-hmm. way in hell am I doing that. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Cause there, cause there, cause there was a pick who was a, there was a guy who was expected to be picked and he was undrafted from Gonzaga, Joel Ayayi, who was then picked up by the Lakers afterwards. So first of all, joke's going to be on everyone because the Lakers are going to be a super team. So if he got picked by them, then, you know, you know, he could say like, bite it Pistons. Cause I don't want to be with you anyway. I'm going to be on this super team Lakers, uh-huh. but you know, he was, he was expected to be drafted and he wasn't. Uh-huh. And I'm glad he was picked up, but like that, uh, now that I am learning about drafts, I'm like, it, they're very stressful for me. Like I feel so bad for the people who have everyone they've ever met in one room excited for them. What yeah. if they don't get picked? Yeah. That's so upsetting for me. Yeah, it really I is. I wouldn't want to do that. I would be in a separate, even if my family was all in the living room, I would be in my bedroom with the door closed and not around anybody. Yeah, yeah, me too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So then on top of that, if you're like, oh, yeah, go go out and get announced and strut out in front of the world and then not get picked. No, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Or then get picked like second round or something because, yeah. you know, whatever reason. Right. And you're yeah. Yeah. You were like one of the top. And now, you you know. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the two the two things uh, that I really don't like. The, the one thing that really needs to get fixed is, is the trades and, and mm-hmm. putting on the right jersey and cap and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Top five was not su- surprising. Kate Cunningham to the Pistons, Jalen Green to the Rockets, Evan Mobley to the Cavs. Those three were have been reported that, that that's the way it was going to go for weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it, everything looked like it was going to be Jalen Suggs at four to the Raptors and Scotty Barnes at five to the Magic. Those just flipped. Um, so, you know, 
a little bit of a surprise, but not a huge shock there. Um, I think the the player that went the highest that was expected to go much later is Josh Primo, who went at 12 to the Spurs. He was expected to go maybe late first round. Um, and then our hometown team, the Knicks, uh, got Quentin Grimes with the 25th pick. Technically, the Clippers drafted him, but it was one of those trades. So, um, so that's who the Knicks will get. Um, and then... Um, we're going to get into trades. Of course, we're burying the lead a little bit here. Um, the first one that happened earlier this week was the um, Pelicans and uh, Grizzlies made a trade. Um, Jonas Valanciunas, who was featured in the movie that we watched, uh, was one of the players involved in that trade going from Memphis to New Orleans. Um, and then Memphis is getting Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe back. And there's there were some draft picks going back and forth. And Part of that included Memphis moving up to the number 10 spot in the draft, um, and they drafted Zaire Williams uh, with that pick. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, that's the reported trade. It hasn't gone through yet, so Zaire Williams had to pretend he was getting drafted by the Pelicans. But, um, of course, the big news from yesterday was my Lakers um, Mm -hmm. made a a blockbuster move Mm-hmm. They traded uh, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and the number 22 pick from last night over to the Wizards for MVP Russell Westbrook. Who who was my first pick in our fantasy draft. He sure was, mm-hmm. which was a good pick. I mean, he's a great fantasy player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you excited? Are you, like, beyond excited? I am. It doesn't seem like you're excited. I am not. Here's why. Here's what it is. I have. Ha, I on, have. Don't you think? You, don't you think your boy LeBron had something to do with that? Like, oh, absolutely. Excited that. So, if he's excited about it, why aren't you? LeBron is the greatest men's basketball player of all time. LeBron. Okay. It has been proven is far, far, far from the world's best general manager. Oh, well. He's he's always in every single move his team ever makes. He has to either okay on or tell them this is the guy I want. Go get him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know sometimes it's Anthony Davis, and that works out really well, and you win a championship out of it. But a lot, a lot of times with LeBron, he doesn't really know what he should be surrounding himself with. There was a reported trade earlier that the Lakers were going to trade some of that package that they traded to the Wizards over to the Sacramento Kings for Buddy Heald, who's a far inferior player to Russell Westbrook, but he fills more of what the Lakers need. The Lakers need shooting and spacing and help on the wings, and that is exactly what Buddy Heald could provide. Russell Westbrook is an incredible player, one who I have long been not a fan of because I do think that he cares more about his own stats than about winning. But he, and he's an incredible, incredible player, but he's a ball dominant player. He's a player that cannot shoot, cannot shoot. He's a terrible shooter and he drives to the rim. So what that's going to be is it's going to clog up the, the paint and the space around the rim which is exactly the space that LeBron needs, exactly the space that AD needs. They now have no shooting on this team whatsoever. So I don't like the fit at all. I have never liked Russell Westbrook as a player. I think he is an incredible player. I just don't think he's a winning player. However, 
I know that I'm going to talk myself into this so fast. Next week, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm in. We're ready to go. I, I just know that about myself. That's what's going to happen. Everybody who's ever played with Russell Westbrook, everybody who's ever had Russell Westbrook on their team has always said how how much they deeply, deeply love him because he care. He always gives 110% effort. He cares so, so deeply. He's so passionate. He never takes plays off. He never takes games off. Mm -hmm. So I am excited about that element. I also think LeBron is the greatest player of all time, mostly because of his IQ and his ability to make things around him work. So I think if anybody can figure this out, it is LeBron. Mm -hmm. And... The the general feeling about LeBron is he's he's one of the greatest passers of all time, and he draws so much defensive attention. So if you surround him with shooting, those those players are going to get a lot of open shots because all the players are going to flock to LeBron. He makes a great pass, and they can shoot threes. That's long been the feeling that you have to surround LeBron with shooters. Maybe this experiment is going to work. Maybe you surround him with another ball hander. Maybe you surround him with somebody who, you know, can take some of the load off of him. Maybe he can play more of an off-ball role. I don't know. I'm not optim- I'm not optimistic about it, but I am intrigued about it. Now, obviously, he has a big hand, as you said, in in figuring out who to hire or whatever. But do you think the GM would ever be like LeBron, buddy? That is that is a bad choice. Like, look at what you're talking about here. Or do you think they're like, okay, I. Well, okay, if that's who you want. Like, is does Le, does the general manager? I think have anything to do with it. I I don't know. I do think that LeBron is probably the most powerful person in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I do think that. Okay. However, he just signed a contract extension, so like, it's not like if they don't do his trade, he's going to be leaving next year. You know, mm-hmm. so. There is more leverage for Rob Polinka now, but mm-hmm. I still think if LeBron is adamant, like, get me this guy, I think you kind of have to do it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't, I don't know if it makes them better. I think it'll make them a better regular season team because they'll have mm-hmm. full 100% effort from at least one player every single game. Um when we get to the playoffs and there's no shooting, I don't know. Now, also, everybody loves Russell Westbrook. LeBron is a polarizing figure in the it, among other players I'm talking about. AD is a pretty popular player, I think. And Los Angeles, the Lakers are a famous brand. Uh, you know, the opportunity to win a championship. So I do think there could be players who will maybe sign for less money than they're probably worth to come and play with that team and play with the Lakers. So it is possible to build this thing out and, and get some shooters and get better. Um, but at, like right now we have no, like that's it. We have no more money left. So um, everybody else we sign is going to have to be for low, low, low money. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so we'll see. I had a question about that, but now I can't remember it. Go ahead. Move on. Okay. Sorry. Um, so yeah, uh, the men's five X five team lost a real Olympic game, a real Mm -hmm. pool play, whatever it's called to France, Mm -hmm. their first one, um, and then beat Iran in the second one. So they're one and one. That was their first in tournament Olympic loss since 2004. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I, yeah, 
I don't I don't think this team is winning gold. I gotta be honest. No. Which no. is crazy. There are uh, some really fantastic players, but I just um they don't play as a team. They don't play good defense. They don't uh you know make smart plays. So I don't know. Yeah, in two in two thousand four they did not win the gold. Yeah, they won uh the bronze, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and everybody's always like LeBron and Melo and D Wade were on that team. Like they were rookies that year, and they didn't get much playing time. That was more the Kobe, uh, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett era. Ooh, um, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan didn't win that gold, did he? Um, That's good, good, uh, good trivia question. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, free agency starts in a few days, so we'll see. Like I said. Um, what happens? The biggest name is Kawhi Leonard. We still don't know what he's going to do. Um, mm-hmm. it, reports look like he's going back to the Clippers, but who knows? Um, but then, you know, Kyle Lowry to Marta Rosen were both rumored to potentially be going to the Lakers. That's almost definitely out of the question now because the Lakers have no more money. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. I actually have two more pieces. Oh of my God. <laughs> Am I killing you with this? Killing They're me, quick. Smalls. So the NBA is going to name their 75 greatest players during their 75th anniversary season. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's kind of fun. And then this is actually not this is bad news. Um, Jackson Hayes from the Pelicans was arrested overnight um, for resisting arrest. The police were investigating a domestic dispute as a residence. He was outside. He was told to stay outside. He kind of was trying to fight to get his way in. And they actually had to use a stun gun on him. Uh, the police report that they did have body cams in operation. So um, those will be able to be reviewed. So that was, uh, that's overnight in NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, not a good situation there. Right. Um, I wonder on the 75 players, I think, I think they said it's coming out in October, right before the season starts. Okay. Um, So I think maybe it'll be fun if I make my list first. And then of, we'll the seven, of your 75 players, my 75 greatest players in, in okay. league history. And then we'll see how it lines up. Uh, don't forget to put Tim Duncan on there. Tim, yes. Tim Duncan will definitely be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm guessing I'll have a different number one than the league will. That's my what? guess. What? Um, what? Yeah. I, you're going to pick, you got Bill Walton, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the, the underdog goat. Of course. Right. That's who I've always said. So, <laughs> That's a good one, Mom. Where'd you pull that one out? Uh, the documentary you watched this week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Good. <laughs> Speaking on that, let's get into that movie review of The Other Dream Team. Right, so last week we said we were going to watch a movie called The Basketball Diaries, um, starring my favorite, Leonardo DiCaprio. And it turns out that is not available in any format anywhere unless we order a physical DVD for 20 bucks from Amazon and have it shipped to us. And um, the uh, schedule in which we watch our movies would not allow for that to arrive in time for us to watch it and review it. So we, you know, you got to be flexible. You, we, we employed a little court vision and we picked an Olympic basketball movie documentary and also sort of draft involved as well mm-hmm. true so true. we got we got I mean, yeah, double we already, themes there we already gave a little foreshadowing in the uh in our discussion of trades and things mm-hmm. yeah right yeah okay so this the other dream team is about um lithuania 
um, and their uh, Olympic bid in 1992 in, where was that? Barcelona? Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, just a tiny bit of background. Lithuania has changed hands as far as who's in charge of them a number of times in their history. They're a small country of, I think they said 3 million people. So that, you know, million sounds like a lot, but for a country, it's not a lot of people. Um, most recently um, ruled by the Soviets and the Soviets, USSR, required that the Lithuanians play on their team, although they weren't um, uh, other Soviets were chosen above them on their national teams. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like you have to play for us because you're amazing and you're the best players there are. So come play for us and we're going to put you in as our starters. It was like, you're not playing as Lithuania because you belong to us. Yeah. They didn't have their own freedom as a country, mm-hmm. which around 1990, 91 um, is when they did um, exert their freedom, freedom as the, the Soviet Union was crumbling. Um, and so at the 1992 Olympics, Lithuania was able to field their own team that's right Mm -hmm. yeah i would say this is more of like a history political movie than it is a basketball movie Mm -hmm. um uh, because i think it was more focused on the actual uh you know situation going on in lithuania um but of course it did involve uh this basketball team these these couple of players um, including the two biggest names are Arvidas Sabonis, uh, who uh, played in the NBA for a long time and is uh, the father of current all-star and pacer DeMontis Sabonis. Um, and I recognized that when they first said his name. I was like, Sabonis? I remember that name from like All-Star Weekend or something. Googled and there he was. I was like, wow. Good job, Mom. I'm, I'm getting smart about this. Good job, yes. Um, and then the other NBA player that came out of this was um, Sarunas Marcelionis. Um, who played with the Warriors and the uh, the Supersonics for a time um, in the NBA? Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, ag- again, similar to the Once Brothers movie that we watched, this was um, educational for me about mm-hmm. history and and um, politically, especially um, around that time. Um. um but yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it was. Yeah. I th- it's it's really strange to me that um, basketball over hockey is the is the main sport in Lithuania. I mean, they're mm-hmm. you know like Russia is known for hockey, and Russia owned Lithuania, and they're like right net like they're like twelve hours drive from Moscow. I saw mm-hmm. so. Um, you know, you would just assume hockey is the main thing, but but basketball is the main thing in Lithuania, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So, probably because at least during this time, there was a you know, Savonis was really telling us how poor things were in Lithuania, and um, Marcelonis said when we went back to visit in this film, the where they played basketball, they took concrete tiles and they laid the tile. It's not like a, a asphalt or. Uh, whatever court it's they laid concrete tiles in order to make a court they hammered some planks together to make a backboard and there was a basket available for them although um i don't remember who the guy was with the white hair that like full head of white hair and the glasses yeah i think he was a coach for one of the teams or something yeah um but he said that 
they some some of his players when they were poor and growing up even took a barrel and and nailed the barrel to their make makeshift backboard in order to make a basket so yeah he know, also it, said it, they they go sorry I was just going to say, so as in movies we've watched that take place in the United States, you know, the poorer neighborhoods, you can play basketball. Mm-hmm. You don't need a lot of equipment. And they even said they would take a sack and stuff it with clothes and stuff just to practice shooting baskets. So, you know, you could, you can, if you're poor, you know, you need money to have a hockey stadium, mm-hmm. court. What's a hockey? A- arena, rink. rink. Rink, yeah. So you need money to have that. So if you don't have that, you have to pick a sport that, you can do without money. That's true. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They were saying like they were sometimes like s- stuffing bags with grass and using that yeah. as a ball. Like yeah. just, just. Um, and even as the Lithuanian team, they did not have money to be represented in the Olympics. And this documentary demonstrates how the band, the Grateful Dead supported them financially. And, you know, Bill Walton was being interviewed and he was saying that the Grateful Dead are big basketball fans. But I remember that Bill Walton is a huge Grateful Dead fan. Like, I feel like he's played with them. I feel like I read a a story at some point that they let him play with them or something. Um, I think. Um, So like, there's a, you know, there's a big connection there. So So he he was involved more for the Grateful Dead than for, for (laughs) being a great basketball player in this, in this documentary. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, no, uh, you know, uh, I mean, that was the the biggest takeaway for me is just like not not even thinking about the levels of poverty that that an entire country can be in. Like the the idea of, uh, you know, waiting 15 years just to try to get approved to buy a car. Right. You know, um, and 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 um, Marshall Onis, when he first came to the United States and went into a supermarket and could just pick up produce and buy it and walk out with it and not yeah. have to like, he was just, he was shocked that this was something that was possible. His like, yes, teammate to, to buy fruit. Like, right. His teammate, Chris Mullen was, was saying that like he got emotional when he realized like that he could buy as much food as he wanted. Like he, he, it right. wasn't just like, there weren't rations on things. It wasn't like, right. like you could just go and get whatever you want. It's, it's just, um, it's crazy to think about that level and crazy to think about then, the whole politics of it, that the the Soviets made it so impossible for these players to get out of that situation, even, you know, even with the talent and the hard work and the ability to to be at the level where the NBA says, we're going to pay you millions of dollars to come and play for us. And they still can't, you know, get themselves out without having to go through all these dangerous processes. So um, I was also along those lines, um, Sabonis I mean, he's seven foot three. He is huge. Mm-hmm. He's like a half a foot taller than his kid is. Uh huh. You like rarely see that. Usually kids are taller than their parents, but he's like a half a foot taller than his kid. But still, huge, huge, huge guy. Just seems like the most positive, pleasant personality. Like he would tell these stories. He's like, oh, and and the KGB was watching us when we were in the hotel and we went into the trunk of the Cadillac and went out. <laughs> like, what? You're laughing about this? Like the KGB was watching you. He, and was, he was like, great memory. <laughs> like, just really such a like jolly pleasant person they were all they were all like laughing about like the the buying things in america and then bringing them back and selling them and they were like yeah we're like we probably would have ended up in jail for a very long time were we ever caught doing that but 
Yeah, we were basketball players, so it's, it's fun. And, right? and they, they all specifically named the guy uh, Voldem Marcus Chromacus as like the best smuggler. And he was like, I bet they all said me. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he knew it too. Yeah. That was, you know, I mean, we, they presented that in a fun, lighthearted, pleasant way. But like, if you think about it, that they had to, they're getting paid $100 a month basically and could buy a computer, smuggle it back and sell it so that they could make enough money to feed their family. Like, that's not a funny thing, but like the fact that they're able to look back on these tough times and, you know, yeah, kind of laugh about it was, was interesting. And again, for me, this is probably not the first time I've said this, but like anything before I was born just feels like, oh, that's, you know, that's history. That's, you know, that's so separated from what our world is now. But like this, like this stuff was going down seven years before I was born, you know, like At- Right. And I mean, it was I didn't I didn't think that this we don't really tend to we don't rate documentaries. But um, again, and this this documentary appeared in Sundance. So it's not like it was just some home movie that was made. And um, I certainly don't know how to direct a movie, but I didn't think the direction of this was great. I thought there were things that were thrown in here and there that there were times that I was confused, like, wait, because at the beginning, they tried to give a lot of background and they were talking about Munich and they were talking about South Korea and they were talking about Barcelona. And I was like, wait, wait, so this movie, what is this? What is this type place? That's why at the beginning, when I said to you, wait, this was 92 Barcelona. I still am not. a hundred. I take notes. I was not 100 percent clear. So I didn't think it was the best made movie. Um, but I thought that it was a good story. And as you, and this is to your point that you feel like things before you were born were a long time ago. But this also, it wasn't really bookended because it didn't start with this. But it kind of, there were pieces of this Jonas Valenciunas thrown in there. He was a 2011 uh, draft pick. And he's currently playing. So this did happen before you were born. But it was tied in with someone who you've watched play basketball mm-hmm. currently. Yeah. So it is like who's you know. just traded this week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So it is it is closer to your time than you think. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, I also noted that. So so what happened was um, Sabonis was the first one drafted to the NBA, but they couldn't get him out. Um, and then. Marcellonis was drafted later, but he was able to get out. But when they showed the draft, when Simonis was drafted, and from the commissioner to all the people, they were all so nasty about the trade because, I, I mean, he was, he is, we learned through this that Lithuanians don't consider themselves Russians because they are their own country. But technically at that time, Lithuania was part of the the USSR, so people had this bad taste in their mouth for the Soviets, and they were like, "Ugh, we're gonna have ew, disgusting." I'm I'm resigning my season tickets to watching this team anymore if they're gonna. And even when he was named, the commissioner was like racist about it. Mm-hmm. His yeah. face, his words, everything, and it, and his dismissiveness. It was just that that was very distasteful to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's um. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've talked, I think we talked last week that like, you know, it, we're getting to, a, I mean, we see it sort of with the Olympics, but we're getting to a point where like, it's not just a given that the best players come from America. And it's also like, we use the terms like, like I use the term for LeBron, like best player in the world or, you know, best men's player in the world. And, you know, it, if you think about it, that 
that may not be true. Maybe there's, a, you know, a player in North Korea who is the greatest basketball player that's ever lived and just better than anyone else. But because of mm-hmm. political situations, we'll never know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. I really, I really um, was touched by Marcellonis, who I've never heard of before. Me neither. Um, I, I hadn't either. Uh, I only knew of Sabonis. No. Yeah. He's in, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, so I, I had never heard of him before, but I was just so, he just had such, he, I felt like there was so much behind his eyes that he was holding from, you know, a, a wealth of emotion and so much tragedy that's happened in his life. I also read about him that he, um, you know, he became close with Donnie Nelson. That's mm-hmm. how, that's how he was drafted and he, you know, and became an American and everything else. Um, but he had a player, I think in Lithuania, whose kid had to have heart valve surgery and just couldn't, they couldn't afford it or whatever. And he got, uh, Donnie Nelson to help him, like, I guess probably get the kid out of there to come here for surgery. And, and, you know, so like he, he's, he seems to be a good guy who, you know, has seen a lot in his life. And I just felt like there was stuff behind his eyes that just told an even bigger story than the documentary did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we talked about with the Once Brothers thing, like we talked about with Ennis Cantor, like there are, and it's and it's relevant with you know the Simone Biles news this week is like, mm-hmm. you know obviously different situations there, but like we we always forget that these these athletes are human beings first, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's so easy to just be like just go out there and play, but mm-hmm. but. There's so there for some of these people. There's so 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 much else going on behind all of it. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. Did you have a least or most favorite part? I well, my least favorite was that drafting of of Sabonis and the reactions, especially by the people who are the leaders in the league. Um, but one of my most favorite parts was that there were several members of that Lithuania team who. This was, I guess this was 2012, 2011, 2012 when this came out. So it was, a, you know, a little while past when, you know, a decade past when, when they won. Um, but when they were talking about it and how they got to see their flag hoisted, um, you know, for their country that wasn't even a country before that, they were tearing up when they were talking about it in the, you know, in the current day for the documentary. And that just, you know, that it just meant a lot. Yeah. Um. My least favorite was, you know, the totalitarianism and fascism and stuff in general. But um, my most favorite part was those Grateful Dead t-shirts. Yes. I think those were great. I need to get myself one of those. Um, But yeah. I said to dad, oh, you should watch this documentary. It wasn't the greatest documentary, but it's a really good story. It's about, you know, Lithuania team. He's like, oh, the ones with the Grateful Dead uniforms. Uh So that that just, you know. That's that sticks. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm definitely getting myself one of those. But um, but yeah, we don't rate documentaries. So that is it. Um, And next week we are watching. I think we're going to try and watch the movie one on one. Okay. that is that is available. You know, I'm not that excited about it. So if I find something else, we might watch something else. But that's the next one that's on our list. So. And it's one that people, you know, people say you should watch it. It's a basketball movie worth watching, but we'll see. We'll we might see. mix it up. We'll see. Um, okay. 
And then we're going to get into our last segment of the day, which is our Olympic draft. So similar to the movie that we watched and the news this week, uh, we wanted to try to find something that was either Olympic related or draft related because that's the two big stories this week. And we decided let's combine them. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a draft as we've done in the past, snaking, um, and we're going to draft the best Olympic sports according to us. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. Now, as we know from everything we've ever drafted before, we have different reasons why we might think something is the best. Yes. Yes, we do. So this might be interesting. This, yeah, I'm, I want, I feel like either we have two completely separate lists and there will be no overlap or we'll be fighting Mm -hmm. over ones. So we opened this up to summer and winter Olympics to every sport that was ever, has ever been played in the Olympics. And we, and you also had the rule, surprisingly rules that, um, individual, events within a field aren't considered separate sports. So track and field is a sport. It's not like the, the hundred meter is the best or the 50 meter is the best or whatever, things like that. Right. The, so those, I think those were our ground rules. Yeah. And, right. and there's no separation between men's and women. So it's not, you can't pick like right. women's volleyball. Right. It's just volleyball. Right. Um, and what are those, I can't remember what they were called, but from the opening ceremonies of all those little pictograms, I think. Yeah. Pictograms, which I guess the, those were so cool. I loved that segment. Some people were like, yeah. this is dumb. I, I thought that was awesome. That's um, amazing. Cause I guess, I guess Japan hosted an, an Olympics in the sixties and they had this whole dilemma about the, the language barrier and how are people going to know? Cause especially the different characters. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, so they came up with these little pictograms so that everybody would know what sport is going on when and where, um, and it's lasted all this time. So basically, we're that's what we're drafting from. It's like mm-hmm. there's a track and field pictogram. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. And you said you wanted first pick. Yes, because if you stole this one from me, I don't even know. I don't even know what I would do to you. I didn't even know anything about this before until I started researching for this game, and I had to have this sport. And this sport is modern pentathlon. This is the greatest. Often I'll go from like, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. And then save my best for last. But there was no, and you may not have this on your list, but in the off chance you did, I was that that would be it. Because here's what it says about modern pentathlon. This is a quote. Modern pentathlon, quote, simulates 19th century cavalry soldiers behind enemy lines. (laughs) How could any Olympic sport be better than that? So what it involves is you have to, now this ties back to last week's episode, you have to ride an unfamiliar horse. (laughs) Now we know that when I went to overnight horse church camp, riding an unfamiliar horse is what got me to lose in the finals. So, you know, my- This hits home. Right, right. I get that that would be hard in the Olympics. So Uh you have to ride an unfamiliar horse you have to fight with a pistol. I don't even know what that looks like in the Olympics. I just know you have to do this. You also have to have a sword fight. That's that's fencing. Okay, fine. You have to swim and you have to run. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh-huh. That's amazing. So that's my number one ever Olympic sport, modern pentathlon. That's, that's great. It was not on my list, um, but I'm glad that that was out there. Um, I've seen a couple, I don't know who, who said this first, but I've seen a a bunch of people say 
the Olympics should always have one regular person alongside everybody else doing what it like just some random person they find mm, off the yes, street. I saw that too. Yeah. So that you can compare and, and, and swimming. Yeah. They were right. talking about that, about swimming. Cause like, day, especially yeah. like, especially like some of these like long races, with Katie Ledecky, where she's just like destroying everybody. And she's like three laps ahead of people when she finishes. And you're like, man, that person in last, they suck. And then, but if you, if you put them in relation to like me, <laughs> Like it would just be, <laughs> they would be Katie Ledecky to me. So, um, uh-huh. so yeah, I think that would be fun, especially on that sport. It's just, just me running around being like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So I get two picks here and I'm going to go with, uh, my first overall pick, um, basketball. What? Yeah, I do. I do like the sport of basketball. I have enjoyed watching it in these Olympics. Am I allowed to lump 3x3 in that? It's yeah, it's basketball. Okay. Um I think it's included like, you know, what is more of an authority on anything than Wikipedia? I think it's included in the Wikipedia article about basketball. Okay. So I so yeah, so I'm I'm picking basketball as my my first pick for obvious reasons. Um my second pick um and uh I knew that I would get destroyed if I didn't pick this from our family, mm-hmm. curling. Mm-hmm. I know. Which which would have been my second pick had you not picked that as your second pick. Yes. I know everybody listening is like, what? I'm begging you, next mm-hmm. Olympics, which are in two years, I think in, back in Beijing, um, watch curling. The pants. They're not, they're not in two years because this Olympics was moved up. Oh, so a, a, one year, a year, a year and a half? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, watch curling. The pants alone are are enough alone. of a draw, but Amazing. it's actually it's a fascinating sport. I really really like it. Mm-hmm. So we I don't remember we had I we were on vacation once while the Winter Olympics were we going were, on. Yeah, we were in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and all 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 of us and the and and some of your cousins and things were there too. And I guess I don't remember which country it was in, but I guess the time zone of it just happened to be like at night or in the early morning when we were not at Disney. Um, so it was on, and we were like, okay, I guess we'll watch this. And it was we loved it. It was great, amazing. So it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so curling is the the third pick off the board, uh, but you get two now. Yeah. So since that would have been my second pick, um, almost. I, you know, I don't know that our listeners know this, but we also, our, our, our family song is Creep. <laughs> not that, not, not that we're creeps, but like, you know, we have like family tradition things that we, that, that we do. So we have a family song that's a little, you know, weird if you think of like, oh, this is our family song. And we also have that family Olympic sport that is, you know, not, not your traditional ones. So yes, yes. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, you might see a little pattern here, but my second favorite is biathlon. <laughs> because biathlon is you ski, 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 you stop, and then you shoot something with a rifle. And I just, you know, I don't know much that is more intriguing to me than that. And I guess probably the modern pentathlon and the biathlon both are functional things in cold weather places. You got to be able to, you know, cross country ski and then you got to shoot something if it's out there because who knows what might be there. So um, it is functional, but I just really love um, uh, ski, 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 shoot. Um, And not surprisingly, uh, Norway, Germany um, and Russia slash USSR have been dominant in this in my entire lifetime. 
Uh-huh. Um, and they're, they're, I don't know if this actual event used to be called this or this used to be part of it, but there was an event called Military Patrol which either was exactly the biathlon or like is, you know, part of what that used to be. So uh-huh. biathlon is my number two. Okay. Moving on to my number. Yeah. Uh, let me guess your number three, athlon. Okay. <laughs> you were going in order. <laughs> I wish there was an athlon. What would it be? It would just be shooting. <laughs> just Yeah, just be one. <laughs> just, just one person shooting. <laughs> um uh, No, my third favorite is what I referred to as and what I thought was called bobsled uh but which is technically called bobsleigh yeah um so two things about bobsled appeal to me and and so far i've only done winter sports uh but two things about bobsleigh appeal to me one is that it used to be in the like uh fancy resorts in the you know alps or whatever um where there's snow and the very rich people would go Um, They started this as an activity there. So they would take like, so like mail delivery people used to have a sled that they would bring with them to deliver the mail or things like that. So they would take these sleds and have the wealthy people ride on these sleds through the city. So like Montenegro, they would have people riding these through the hilly city. And there were so many accidents that happened that the day-to-day residents were like, please stop. <laughs> so they built they built tracks at their fancy resorts and they started um they started this as an activity. But then even more exciting than that, obviously, is the classic story of the Jamaican bobsled team. Um, you know, as you said before, you were surprised that hockey was not part of Lithuania's uh, sports history. Dad and I have been talking about that recently. You know, we were saying that as we were talking to someone the other day about how just in sports in general, like baseball, you often see good baseball players from warm weather places because they can play around the calendar. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't have to stop in the winter. You see fewer really, really good baseball players from the Northeast because we've got snow and you have to be indoors for a number of uh, months of the year where yesterday um, the uh, all around U.S. gymnastics champion gold medalist is from, I think, Minnesota. So there are areas where there are world class gyms in various places in the United States that people might move to those areas. But that being a gymnast is not dictated by weather. Mm-hmm. So the Jamaican bobsled team was a surprise because who would think anyone in a tropical climate would be able to join? I don't think they've ever won a medal, but they do have a cool um, Disney movie called Cool Runnings. I was going to say very, very cool. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Um, they also have been referenced in a TV show and there are several songs written about them. And besides the fact that there is a portion of bobsleigh called Skeleton in which the person is just on a flat little sled laying face down, head first, going down a crazy track, like, I don't know, is it called skeleton? Because that's how you might end up at the end? I don't really know. Like, but that that's, that's it for me. That's what I love. Yeah, a lot of the... <laughs> I'm sure this isn't the his, the real history of it, but a lot of the winter sports feel like to me, it's like, I feel like they were like, okay, we need to have a winter Olympics. We'll do hockey. We'll do figure skating, um, you know, things that are already established. And then like, like you said, I'm sure this isn't the real history, but it just feels like a lot of them were like, what, what if we just went down a big ice slide? What if that was a sport? <laughs> what if we just, what if we just skied and like, and, and flew off a ramp and just see how far you can go? 
But what right. if that was a sport? <laughs> That's what a lot of the right. Winter Olympics feels like to me. They're just like, like well, a lot of, well, like, I, like, the, like California guys out skateboarding or something where they're like, hey, let's do this. This is cool. Right. Now it's a sport. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's just let's just go down some ice slide. Um, mm-hmm. So. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. OK, great picks. All right. I get my next two, um, which I think. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with the summer. Um, and that is uh, uh, my next one is swimming. I love watching swimming. I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained by it all the time. I, of course, grew up watching probably the greatest Olympian ever in Michael Phelps dominate that sport for how many Olympics did he go to? Um, In fact, you dressed as him for Halloween. Yes. Um, so there's a, it, 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 you know, there's some sports that speak to some people. That one I really, really enjoy watching when there's a race that really comes down to it close at the end. It's just, it's so exciting. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've watched Michael Phelps dominate. I've now have really enjoyed uh, Katie Ledecky, uh, who has been awesome as well. So uh swimming is my next pick and then my next pick after that is going to be volleyball now i do i get yeah. do i get beach and indoor or, or do i have to choose i think it's just a sport okay um i was uh i was watching some yesterday i think it was like brazil versus canada or something just no, but it was just on and i was like okay i guess i'll watch this and i i really enjoy it i liked playing it when i was in gym class I like I like volleyball. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I like I like that um, some of the beach volleyball players are standing their ground about not not having to wear such revealing um, uniforms. So I I hope that this keeps moving forward and that um, it's not a requirement in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's my next two picks. You get your last two picks. All right, my last two. So. Um, my next one is weightlifting because how awesome is a sport that you just have to pick up one really heavy thing and then you're done. Uh-huh. Obviously, obviously you have to train because you can't just do that, you know, cold, but you know, it, your sport is just go walk into the room and pick up a really heavy thing and put it over your head and then drop it. You don't even have to put it down gently. You just drop it and then you're, you're done. That's it. You can go like, uh, you just go get a snack or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just that, think that's awesome. Um, you don't even have to do it artfully. That's Maybe right. You get more points if you do, but if it's really heavy, you just pick it up. <laughs> and then my last one for a couple of reasons is Taekwondo. Wow. So Taekwondo, Jack, when you were a kid, I don't want to talk briefly, about it. You're briefly engaged in Taekwondo, which you loved. You loved it so much, but it gave you so much stress. Um, we don't need to go into it any further than that. So you only did it briefly, but you did love it. And Taekwondo is a Korean martial art, which, and Taekwondo literally means the art of kicking and punching. <laughs> okay. Sounds, sounds fancier. Um, Taekwondo. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, one cool fact about it. A lot of people are talking about PETA Tafa Tofua from Tonga, who appears at the Olympics, um, opening ceremonies each year wearing a traditional skirt from Tonga and with his torso greased up. So he is a big topic of conversation. So he does engage in Taekwondo, but the interesting thing is he is also a, an Olympic skier. 
not really a good one. He came in last time, one fourteenth out of 119 competitors, but he did appear in the Olympics. So he's appeared in the Olympics, taekwondo and skiing. And he also tried to get in through um, kayak, but didn't qualify. Mm. So, uh, you know, you can be an all around if you are a taekwondo or maybe not a good all around, but you can, but you can represent your very small country in many, many areas. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Sort of on the weightlifting thing. I, um, I've always wondered if like the, like I would want to be one of the sports that gets their, their metal stuff done early on. Mm -hmm. Cause then I could, you know, then I could go around and enjoy Olympic village and eat whatever I want and Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, where these people that like don't have medals till the last day, like they have to stay. And especially this year, like they have to make sure they don't get COVID and they have to like, Mm -hmm. you know, really be careful. I don't, yeah. I don't think they can go to each other's events this year though. Yeah. But but in regular years. Right. In regular years, like I would much rather have my medals like three days in and then yeah. go eat burgers for the rest of the time. Um, yeah. Well, that's what the, the that uh, what's her name? Suni Lee, the Olympic all around uh, gymnast, gold medalist. She was being interviewed by Mike Tirico after her event. And he said, like, what what do you what do you want to eat? And she said, pizza. And <laughs> she said she got a pizza with extra pepperoni on it. Uh-huh. That's what she's been craving. So. So, yeah. Um, all right. And then my last pick, I'm going to go with ski jumping. What I referenced earlier, Mm -hmm. just, I, I just like the idea of like us humans being like, uh, I wonder how far human could ski really fast and jump off a ramp. I wonder how far you could go. And that's what the whole sport is. I I just, Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of fun. So, um, so would you ever engage in that sport? Absolutely. Never, never, never. (laughs) Um, but, um, yeah, I don't think I would engage it. Well, I mean, like I'll play basketball and stuff, but like, um, yeah, most of these sports, I don't think I would do very well in at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's our five. So my five is basketball, curling, swimming, volleyball, and ski jumping. And you got all the athlons. I did modern pentathlon, biathlon, bobsleigh, weight, weightlifting, and taekwondo. There we go. So that's it for episode, episode 31. Send in questions, comments, movie thoughts, and guest suggestions to familycourtvision at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at famcourtvision. And don't forget to subscribe or follow on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next week on Family Court Vision. The mother of all basketball podcasts. <laughs>